Hello, hello everyone. Hi. Welcome to Tea and Gemstones, your podcast home for all things jewelry and gemstones, both contemporary and historical. Sometimes we talk about why diamonds come in every color of the rainbow, analyze red carpet looks, or discuss the very history of gold itself. To take you on these auditory explorations is me. I am your host, Jen. I'm a lifelong sparkle enthusiast with a love for details because I think that's where a lot of the joy is. I'm glad you're here. I hope it's fun. (laughs) Okay, let's get started. Sometimes, a lot of the times, jewelers, collectors, and gemologists are solitary creatures. There are a lot of long days and nights working at the jeweler's bench or designing, sketching, and researching at the computer or in books. Collectors have their pieces in their homes. Museums have their splendid galleries where everyone walks through kind of on their own, just looking. But with resources like Instagram and TikTok, those have provided avenues for connecting and sharing. But how do you bring all of this together, all these things together, all these different people in the gym world? Well, there is an event so big, it draws out and together all the gemstone lovers from all over the world to gather in one sunny, hot place, Tucson, Arizona for the annual Tucson Gem and Mineral Show. It's considered the largest, oldest, most prestigious gem and mineral show in the world. At least that's what it says across the top of the gem show's own website. But it's not really hyperbole. Before I make your head swim with a lot of big numbers, let's establish the backstory. The Tucson Gem and Mineral Show is hosted by the Tucson Gem and Mineral Society, a group that was founded in Arizona in 1946. The society has a simple mission statement. I'm quoting from their website, quote, to encourage interest and study in geology, mineralogy, lapidary, and allied earth sciences, end quote. Side note, Lapidary is a word that means relating to stones and gems and the work of engraving, cutting, or polishing them. In modern times, we commonly say gem cutter, but it is just as correct and a good bit fancier to call someone a lapidarist. So the society has some lofty goals. They host educational classes and lectures and provide supporting grants to museums for mineral collections and fund scholarships to the University of Arizona for geoscience students. But the big kahuna of the society is without a doubt the gym show. The first show was in 1955 because of the determination of a man named Dan Cottle. Mr. Cottle worked as an electrician in the 1950s in the copper mines of Arizona, and he was a member of the Tucson Gem and Mineral Society. As a hobby, Mr. Cottle, with his wife sometimes, used to go out to abandoned mines to look for things like turquoise. He was a rock hound, which is a term for an amateur geologist or collector of mineral specimens. 
he thought it would be fun to have a big gathering to, well, do all the things the society talks about in their mission statement. The society paid $65 to rent out the Helen Keeling Elementary School in Tucson, and the school is still around today, and members of the society displayed their personal collections and vendors came and set up booths. In 2013, Mr. Cottle gave his only video documented interview about the origins of the first gym show, and he talks about how some of his fellow society members hadn't believed in his vision for the show, and he really enjoyed saying, I told you so, when over 1,500 people attended the show. Pretty impressive when census records tell us the entire city of Tucson only had 55,000 residents in 1950. Mr. Cottle, in his interview, he even quoted one of his direct naysayers by name. He says, quote, Sid Wolfson, one of the board members, came up to me and said, I wish to apologize for my attitude. Tucson can have a mineral show and considering everything a pretty good one at that, end quote. Uh, yeah, you bet Tucson can. Thanks, Dan Cottle. He got to enjoy many, many more shows. He lived until 2018, well into his 90s. So the Tucson Gem and Mineral Show blends together the hobby enthusiast, the public, and the professionals together for discovery and discussion, but the show is the center jewel of a larger crown. There's a larger event taking place around the show. It's called the Tucson Gem, Mineral, and Fossil Showcase. The showcase basically absorbs and transforms the entire city of Tucson with about last year that there were there were 43 different showcase locations hosting events with over 4000 exhibitors all over the city they go into schools convention centers town halls they set up big tents i mean it's just everywhere the showcase is a whopping three weeks long but the gem and mineral show is compressed into three days and that's the undisputed main event about sixty-five thousand people more than the entire population of tucson back when this thing kicked off 65,000 people buy a $13 per day admission ticket, although kids 14 and under are free with a paying adult. And okay, you know how I said Dan Cottle was a rock hound? Well, young kids that are enthusiastic about gems and minerals, they're called pebble pups, which I think is adorable. (laughs) Anyway, people buy their tickets and head into the 181,000 square feet of the Tucson Convention Center. There, they meet thousands of vendors buying and selling and displaying anything and everything gem, mineral, crystal, or fossil related. The fact that the show is indeed really going on this year is exciting. It was canceled in 2021 due to the pandemic. Because the show happens in February, the gym show did get to happen in 2020, squeaking onto the calendar just before, you know, the world shut down in March. 
but it was canceled in 2021 for concern of being a super spreader event and there were all the travel restrictions. It just couldn't happen. But it is back on the calendar this year for 2022 and it is full of optimism. Peter McGaw, the co-chair of the show, he doesn't seem too phased about COVID and its variants that are still kind of swirling around. January 10th, he gave an interview to KOLD News, which is a local Tucson news station, about the show moving forward this year. And he says, quote, we encourage people to come out and enjoy our exhibits. Have a great time, Peter said. He also expects this year's show attendance to be about 80% of normal levels due to travel restrictions, especially international. And then Peter goes on to say, quote, our international guests and visitors can't come, but we expect to recoup a significant amount of the impact in the course of the show this year, end quote. And by impact, he means, while yes, the face-to-face marketing and connecting is fantastic, you cannot ignore the financials. The show generates about $130 million each year, with about $40 million in hotels and lodgings alone. This show isn't just for one afternoon. It's three full days, not counting the surrounding weeks of the showcase. Many dealers, uh, vendors, shoppers, they come days early and stay days late to do more business. The type of handshake, cash-only, barter and trade, wholesale price agreements that are impossible to do over the internet. And there really is no substitute to getting to put your own hands and eyes on the merchandise before buying. My grandmother would often fondly say the phrase, make hay while the sun shines. And Tucson is sunny. Do as much business as possible while everyone is together. But it isn't just all in-person business transactions. A big feature of the show is the wow factor. Traveling museum quality exhibits for everyone to gaze at. Masterful works of art created from gemstones and minerals. These are treats for, for people to just to look at. And they're trying to get new people hooked on the beauty of geology too. Here's some examples. In 1957, the centerpiece of the third annual gem show was from a Mrs. Emma Clark from Redlands, California. She brought an entire dinner, a full meal, where each item was a rock or mineral she had carved and polished into masquerading as a pot roast, mashed potatoes, slices of ham, peas, loaves of bread, and a dessert of apple pie and chocolate cake. 1960 is when the Smithsonian started getting involved, thanks to society members sending a written invitation to the assistant curator of the Smithsonian Institute's mineral collection. The curator, he did come to the show, and he crashed in the guest room of a society member to avoid the packed hotels. With the prestige and resources of the Smithsonian, the gym show has been treated to visiting exhibits of priceless treasures like the Logan Sapphire, which is a 423-carat, purest, darkest blue sapphire brooch framed by 20 round white diamonds. 
It's gorgeous. It's kind of a long cushion cut shape. It's amazing. There have also been um, Fabergé eggs from the Russian Empire have made appearances and the Star of Asia, which is a 330 carat cabochon cut star sapphire, one of the largest of its kind ever found. It has graced the show. Um, one of my personal favorite displays uh, was a couple years back from a half a million dollar necklace called the Great Chrysanthemum Brown, which is a 104 carat light brown diamond surrounded by 410 other stones, making this organic leaf-like kind of vine chain full of sparkle, all set in platinum. Um, in recent years, the show has featured massive, beautiful specimens of huge geodes of amethyst and quartz, so large a full-grown man could climb inside and have room to spare. Uh, there's been a three-foot tower of pinky raspberry rubellite that looks like dripping celestial frosting. It's on display, backlit, so it seems to glow from within a set of miniature musical horns, trombones, French horns, tubas, all carved from materials like tiger's eye and rose quartz suspended on delicate gold frame stands, each just a few inches in size, bins and bins and bins of stunning gemstone beads carved in every shape and texture you can imagine. And on the opposite side of tiny, you can be confronted with a fully assembled fossil skeleton of a triceratops posed in a defensive crouch, frilled head lowered. Okay, I have just been <laughs> gushing and gushing. But the fact that this myriad of amazing things are all just packed together in tight rows and aisles all through this convention center and you just walk and you just, your eyes are just going to see one thing after another after another it's just a feast of interesting. And as much as I would love to be a big time buyer, strolling each aisle, stocking up on anything my heart desired, the fact is, I don't think I'm ever going to be the person who walks into a gym show with wads of cash. I would be there to ooh and ah and <laughs> window shop and admire and learn it is a dream of mine to go to the show. Unfortunately for me, my life just now isn't set up so that I can jet to Tucson for three days in a fantasy gym land, though, oh, how I wish it was. As it stands, I'm going to be glued to my phone February 10th through the 13th, following all the hashtags on Instagram and living vicariously through everyone there. That is one of the blessings of social media. I can sit in on a live stream of someone walking the booths or looking at an exhibit from my couch in my living room while my four-year-old takes a nap. This year's show has the theme, The Show That Glows, boasting that there will be over 80 exhibits in the fluorescent mineral pavilion featuring the Appetite Supergroup. Appetite is a quirky little mineral that looks as though it has been magically watercolor tie-dyed with blues, purples, and greens. I love the hearkening to history for this year's theme. The gem show's founder, Dan Cottle, fluorescent minerals were known to be his very favorite rocks. Guys, 
guys, if you're going to Tucson this year, please send me all your pictures, tag me in every Instagram story. All the images and videos from this show are going to mentally and emotionally sustain me for weeks, probably months to come. I cannot wait to see what everyone is bringing, especially since the show was canceled last year. It's been a drought. Two years have gone by since the gem and mineral world got to gather and socialize, buy, sell, and yeah, show off. A lot of pent-up sparkle. Well, that's all for this episode of Tea and Gemstones. Follow me on Instagram at Tea and Gemstones. I'll be reposting and sharing all the amazing stuff going on at the show. Please check out our show notes for a link to Tea and Gemstones website, which has complete transcripts of every episode along with the bibliography. Music has been by Joseph McDade and Audionautics. As always, I have been your host, Jen. It has been a pleasure hanging out with you. Until next time, stay sparkly.